In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hey, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the podcast Southern Fried Soccer. Uh, I hope you'll follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, and subscribe to all the content uh, for Atlanta United that we provide on AJC and my AJC. I'm joined today by Jason Longshore of 92.9 FM and SoccerDownHere.com to discuss uh, Atlanta United's 4 to nothing demolition by the Houston Dynamo to open the MLS regular season here at BBVA Compass Stadium on a warm and lovely Houston day. Before we talk to Jason, we'll do a little bit of housekeeping here. The goals were scored by Winger in the 5th minute, Cinderos in the 23rd, Minotas in the 27th, and Saren in the 5th minute of injury time in the first half. I don't think anyone saw this result coming. We thought it was going to be a much closer game. Jason, did you anticipate anything remotely close to this? No. Uh, this was a very disjointed performance from Atlanta United. Uh, mistakes at bad times and in bad parts of the field uh, really just washed away any chance Atlanta had to be in this match. You look back at the stats and Atlanta dominated possession as they want to do. They had the same number of shots. You know, you, you start looking for big turnovers. They're not there. The mistakes were very costly. Yeah. And they were made by some surprising players. I mean, the first goal, yeah. Leandro Gonzalez-Pires. Yeah, it was a clearance by Houston, by their back line. I think it was by Cinderella, actually. Down the right side. The ball was kind of curling, but then stopped curling. And so it was outside the penalty box. Gonzalez-Perez thought Guzan was going to come get it. Guzan wasn't budging from his post. And so then Gonzalez-Perez gets stuck in no man's land between, do I get the ball or do I shield off Elise? Elise is a big dude to be so fast. He went right by Gonzalez-Perez, put him on his butt, and then crossed it over to Winger. Escobar got caught in no man's land trying to figure out, do I take the guy who's already in the penalty box, who I, I don't even know who it was, and Winger ran right by him for the easy tap-in. The, the goal was, to me, all on Gonzalez Perez. It and, was. and really, not on Escobar. Some people were trying to blame him on Twitter, but this, no. it was all on Gonzalez Perez. No, I, th- I thought Escobar played fairly well defensively. I thought where he struggled was, was with the ball at his feet, which is where quite a few Atlanta United players struggled. Yeah. Yeah. They seem to really not have any fluidity going forward. We'll get into that in just a minute. Let's go back to the mistakes on the goals. Cinderos in the 23rd minute, He was be- if this was a corner kick, it started with a turnover by Viaba mm-hmm. on the other end a, of the field. bad turnover right yeah. at midfield. And, and then uh, Guzan was stuck in a one-on-one situation, made a great save for a corner kick. They did a short corner. Lorenowitz was supposed to be march- marking uh, Cinderos, and he did. 
but then Lorenowitz got picked by Elise, and no one picked up the pick. I don't know who it's supposed to be. I mean, Cinderos is as big as a freaking mountain coming down the field, so you would have had a hard time stopping him if he had a one- or two-step head start, and no one did. Easy goal. And when you have Albert Elise throwing picks, I mean, for a player who did not score today, involved in two assists, uh, he was the man of the match to me. Yeah, he yeah. dominated the match. Yeah, very much so. Uh, the Manotis goal was just right down the middle. It was like one or two combination passes, and Atlanta United got caught flat-footed. Easy goal. Um, and we'll get to that, the center of Atlanta United's defense in a second, too. And then the Saren goal, I'm not quite sure what Guzan was doing. It was another long corner to the back post. He Kinda went out to between. get it but didn't get it, right. and instead of pushing it away, he palmed it right back into the middle of the penalty box where Saren just pounced on it. He couldn't get enough of it to deal with, and he was stuck kind of in no man's land, which is how this this day really felt like for Atlanta United. Lots of players stuck in between two decisions and not really making either one. Well, some of that <laughs> started kind of before the game. Uh, the lineup that I think some of us anticipated, there was a slight change right before the game. Um so what you ended up with, I'm not going to go into what the change was, but what you ended up with was Gressel in the middle, mm-hmm. Almiron on the left. Um, it would seem like the natural change would have been to put Gressel on the left and leave Almiron in the middle. I didn't have much of a problem with Almiron being on the left. No. He's played there last year. He played some in the preseason. But I didn't think that would happen if Gressel was going to start in the middle. They I figured they just put Gressel it. on the left. They didn't use it effectively. I, I liked it when I saw it. Because I looked at it with Miguel Almiron on the left going up against Kevin Garcia on the right of Houston's back line, who I thought was their weak link. I thought Atlanta United would feed Almiron all day, get him in a foot race with Garcia, and Almiron would be able to control that side of the field. Never saw that happen. Right. Every you saw time, Almiron get behind people in the middle, but not on the left. Yeah, it, it really seemed like Atlanta was reluctant to go over the top. Houston played a high line. And they played a high line with three 30-plus-year-olds in the back line and Kevin Garcia, who is not fast. Right. And Vishalba, Martinez, Almiron did not have a chance to get out going. Atlanta lost the vertical game that they had last year at times, and Houston showed that that's how they're dangerous. Yeah, Atlanta United, for some reason, kept putting in cross after cross. They had 20 crosses Against a back line that features two guy or one guy who's six three, another guy who's six foot, and a goalie who's six three. Joseph Martinez is five seven or five eight. And they just kept pounding those crosses in again and again and again. I, I don't know if they were trying to find that seam in between the back line and the goalkeeper so Martinez could just have the tap ins, but it just did not work. It never worked. And Almiron and Martinez were just a hair off on, yes. on their crosses, their runs, their passes. Their give and goes. They, it was they just they did not have off. it today. Yeah. They Bichalba, did not have it. I thought, struggled today. Yeah, he, he was a non-factor. We saw the... I, I was really surprised he started. Yeah. We, um, we saw the issues with you know him not playing much in preseason are, are still there. He doesn't look like himself just yet. And he still has no interest in playing defense. <laughs> that's, that's okay if he's not having the turnovers at midfield. Right. That's the problem is... This team last year had to be careful about being exposed defensively because they like to commit numbers. Now, with Nagby in the midfield, it's even more of an issue. You can't have turnovers at midfield. Yeah. And there were some very poorly timed turnovers today. 
I was stunned when I saw Nagby's passing accuracy. It said it was almost 90%, and I I thought I saw many, many turnovers. No, he was good. He was good. There was one that I remember that was a, a bad one. I think what I saw a lot of times in the middle of the field was indecisiveness. Yep. Too many times the pass went backwards or sideways rather than trying to make something happen going forward. It really feels like Atlanta United has lost their confidence a bit. I'm, I'll be honest. I'm still not quite sure how Nagby fits into this lineup. I, I thought that when he was acquired, I thought that he was acquired because Almiron might be leaving. Um, I'm just I don't I know we will see it as the season progresses and he gets more comfortable. This was his first game, so I'm, sure we're all going to cut him a lot of slack. Um, but still, right now, I'm just having a hard time picturing it long term how it will work. I'm sure that it will at some point. I just don't see it just yet. It's it's a different flavor of of what Tata Martino wants to do, and I think it's it's a a system that's going to need more time to gel. And yeah. we never got to see this eleven. I don't think this eleven played together at all in preseason. It didn't. It um, never did. We didn't see what we expect the first choice eleven to be in preseason. I think that's having an effect now. I think we're seeing the effects of it. They did not look like they were in sync today, and they didn't look like they had any of that swagger that we're used to seeing. Now, giving up that early goal took a lot of, of the way. And it wasn't just the early goal, but it was how easily Elise was just blowing by right. everybody. I mean, Atlanta United... I, He's going to do that to a lot yeah, of teams. Yeah, he'll do it to a lot of teams. But I asked Martino after the game if the triangle of Gonzalez-Perez, Lornowitz, and McCann had enough speed to deal with Houston's counterattack. And he said that's a tough question to answer after the game, which to me is an indication that, yeah, we just didn't have enough speed. Right. Um, you know, no one on social media, for whatever it's worth, really wanted to see McCann in the lineup. I think they're being a little too hard on I, McCann. Hey, I'll, I'll go out on the limb on this one. I thought Chris McCann was probably one of the better performers for Atlanta United today. He was not the issue. No, you I didn't think back, he was the issue either. No, you go back and you look at the goals. Chris McCann's not at fault on the goals. You look at the run of play. Chris McCann was not getting beat consistently. Nope. Chris McCann he was He had fine. a couple of good tackles, too. Right. Chris McCann was fine today. I thought Chris McCann was one of the better Atlanta United performers. Is he the long-term answer? Is the six? No, I think Jeff Lorenowitz is. Yeah. I think this team just functions better with Jeff Lorenowitz as the six, and I think... That's the biggest question for me in this next week is how can Tata Martino figure out with LGP, with a hip contusion, as you reported, uh, no timetable there, if he's out, is there any way to get Lorenowitz back to the six? I don't know if there is right now. Yeah, uh, the team didn't travel with Robinson today, but to me, after watching how Elise was blown by everybody, he was really the only player on Atlanta United, only defender on Atlanta United's roster who has the speed to deal with Elise. I'll and, be curious if he makes the 18 for D.C. United. Well, and you look at a D.C. United team that is probably going to start Darren Maddox up top, who's yep. a similar type and of player, hard. fast and strong. You'll have Yamil Assad on the left. He is starting tonight. Uh, D.C. United's got a good attacking unit. I think they are you know they have weaknesses defensively. Well, Atlanta United in the attack right now is not looking like the team we saw last year. So for me... You got to get Jeff Lorenowitz back into the midfield, yep. and you have to figure out what the prognosis is on Gonzalez Perez and how you're going to answer that. Is it Robinson? Is it Escobar moving inside and Zizo playing on the right, or a Wheeler Amanu playing on the right who had a, a good preseason? I don't know, but I think Lorenowitz in the midfield is, is a vital cog to making this team function. Yeah, and I think that if 
LGP can't play and you pair Park Kirst and Lorenowitz in the center again, you're going to have to make a change at the defensive midfield because you do have to get some speed right. in there. Now, you can't play all three together. Like I, I don't know. The, I mean, the only guy I could think of that has the speed has never appeared in an MLS regular season game. Yeah. And to me, that's Wheeler Omenu. Yeah. He looked really, really fast he did. against the battery. But he has no MLS experience. Now, he's obviously smart enough. He's a Harvard graduate. But, you know, uh, Martino has shown no inkling at putting players in those positions. Uh, a lot of people on social media were mad that Carlton didn't get to play today. I was surprised. I, I, well, you know, I kind of I was at first, but then when I started to think about it, this is the first game of the year. You need to get the guys in who you know you're going to go to again sure. and again and again. And so in that way, I probably wouldn't have put Carlton in either. I would have put in Kratz. I would have put in Vasquez. Uh, I can't even remember. Oh, uh, Parkhurst had to come that out for Gonzalez-Perez. I'll tell you why I was surprised. I, I thought the second <laughs> half really gave you the freedom to try it. And I think this was a team at that point after the, the missed penalty that desperately needed a spark. And Carlton and Barco are two players in this team that can give you that spark yep. with that, yep. that highlight no, I, yeah, real play that. Yeah. that picks you up. Yep. And if Carlton had come on and struggled, everybody was struggling today. It wouldn't have made a difference. If right. he came on and gave yeah. you a spark, I think then you'd know can you count on him. And this was an opportunity that, that Tata Martina decided to go with Kevin Kratz instead. I think Vasquez was the right sub when that happened. Yeah, Kratz, he, <laughs> Martino said after the game, this, I thought this was interesting. He he was asked uh, by Sydney from Dirty South Soccer uh, about subbing out Nagby and, and what he thought, mm-hmm. how he thought he played, and he said, "Well, we put in Kratz for Nagby because Kratz is a little more precise in his passing." Now, that precise is a word that Martino uses hmm. quite often in a lot of different right. situations. Um, so that that was a little bit interesting to me. Um, so you can take that from uh, yeah. Words. What I would say, and that's actually an interesting point because it was something I noticed. Um, at times, Nagby will go east-west a little bit more uh, than yeah, you'd I like. Think he goes and Kratz, a lot east-west. Kratz will go direct. That's Kratz right. will play direct. My Michael Bradley complaint. <laughs> you had to get a Michael Bradley dig in. Right. Well, hey, they didn't They didn't <laughs> score today either. So. And he was at fault on the first goal. No. Oh, but that's neither here nor there. We're not here to talk to them. There We're we here go. to talk Atlanta United. <sighs> Do we have to right now? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other thing, going back to the starting lineup again. Uh, with the choices that Martino made, I mean, Barco is right-footed. Gressel is right-footed. I am a little curious as to why he didn't just put Gressel over there on the left and put Almiron back in the middle. If they do the same thing next week, I'm almost sure that's what you'll see. Yeah, uh, I, I Barco's not coming back for four to six weeks. No, I, I think Almiron was out wide. Or To me, when I saw it, I thought it was to exploit a weakness in Houston's team, but then it never played out that way. And I don't know if that's down to not following the game plan, the game plan not being communicated, or just the game dictated other things. But I thought Miguel Almiron could make things happen on that side, and we just never saw the opportunity. I think Gressel struggled at times today, and that's been something... I thought he handled the defense pretty well. He did. On offense, everybody struggled on offense. And that's what's interesting, is generally where, where I worry about Gressel is defensively, and I thought he put in a really good shift defensively. Yeah, he led the team in tackles. Yeah, but in the attack, he was not himself, um, which you could say for just about everyone on the team. The, other, the last talking point uh, for our podcast today, uh, Joseph Martinez... 
just one shot on goal. This was something that you started to see a little bit toward the end of the season. Teams kind of figuring out a way to constrict his movement a little bit. Um, you know, he and Almiron were a little bit off today. Uh, that'll come as the season progresses. But just one shot. That one out of 13, 13 shots, but only two on target. Is that a concern? Um, they need to take a lesson from the way Houston plays with their front line where it turns into a line of three often. And I think this is where Tito Bishalba could have a great year this year because Martinez is going to attract the attention. Mm-hmm. Almiron's going to attract the attention. We saw Tito last year at times be kind of the third man and, and wide open. He has to step up and get back on his game. I think it when Barco's in the team, that's another player that's going to attract attention. Atlanta needs to get more vertical at times when they're under pressure, skip the midfield, go long, use that speed. We saw that last year, maybe early in the the second half, late in the first half of the season, where they started to play a little more direct at times and use the speed when the, the chemistry is not there, when the passing is not precise, skip it, go long. You have three of the fastest players in the league. Make the game simple. And I think today Atlanta too often made the game more complicated and just did not create the chances that they should have. Yeah, the crossing to me, I, I'm still just flabbergasted by the number of crosses they Make kept it putting into the box. Um, well, uh, other than the result, how was the play, Colonel Rathbone? Uh, this is your first road trip with 92-9. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the, the thing that I will say is that the fans were amazing. The fans were, it was very cool all day to run into Atlanta United fans at the airport this morning, uh, downtown, near the hotel, and then to hear them chanting in the 80th minute with a, a 4-0 scoreline, that was pretty cool. And they were very loud, and the fans did an amazing job. And that that was your Atlanta United MVP today, it was the fans. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I decided not to do a man of the match just because I couldn't figure out who in the world would have earned it. Um <sighs> What do you have coming up, Jason? How can people find you? Uh, find me on Twitter, at Longshoe. Uh, wade through the uh, Twitter barrage that is going on right now. It's it's not pretty in Atlanta United Twitter right now. Um, we'll be back on soccer down here on Monday. Uh, probably an overreaction Monday, as we're starting to call <laughs> them. Um, 9 a.m., blogtalkradio.com slash soccer down here. All right. I have posted so far today on my AJC a longer game story, player ratings, uh, by the numbers, and I can't remember. On AJC, I've posted a shorter game story. I'll post this podcast uh, tomorrow morning, either tonight or tomorrow morning. I'll post um, five observations from this debacle, uh, including what Atlanta United needs to do uh, to kind of move forward and secure three points against DC United uh, next Sunday at Mercedes Benz Stadium. Um, it's a long season. Losing one game isn't the the end of the world. Uh, you know, three of the goals did come on, or two, at least two of the goals did come on individual mistakes. Atlanta United had numerous chances. Uh, you know, this is one of those games. It could have been four four, or it could have been eight to nothing mm-hmm. in Houston's favor. Uh, to be blunt, um, but you move forward, and uh, off we go to DC United next week. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. On Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. Hear this podcast, Southern Fried Soccer, on iTunes. And I hope you'll subscribe, uh, if not to the paper, to the digital version of the paper. 
uh, where you can read all of the Atlanta United content that I'll provide throughout the season. It's awesome content. Subscribe. And also, I hope you'll listen to SoccerDownHere.com. They do a great job. And follow the guys at Dirty South Soccer. Yes. Uh, Sydney was here today. They didn't get to travel on the road a lot, so it was good to see him in the press box today. And, you know, they do their own version of things, and it's often quite entertaining and informative. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you later.